Okay, coming in with a new episode with Cody and Jared from Six Pack Discussions, guys. Um, Jared, what are we talking about today, man? Today we're going to be breaking down the lottery, and I guess a little bit more specifically on who the real winners are of the lottery and some of the pitfalls that, uh, that are associated with it. Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of a, a, a one-off one. We did bankruptcy a little bit ago, so about, kind of about finances, um, you know, lottery. I don't think a lot of people talk about this in the news. It's not very publicized, I don't think. Like, it's not in the media very much. But uh, the other day, actually, just a couple months back when I added this to the list, I'm standing in line at a, uh, a gas station. I think I told you this story. Yeah, yeah, this is where it kind of sparked. Yeah, and there was like 10 people in, in, in ahead of me. And I was like, man, why is this taking so long? I was like, you know, at a Circle K or something. Um, and I noticed that every single person in front of me wasn't just ringing up items. They were actually buying a bunch of like lottery tickets and scratchers and stuff like that. And I was thinking, man, this is weird. Like I'm at this gas station just grabbing, I don't know if it was a bottle of water or a snack or whatnot. And maybe let's say eight minimum people were in front of me and every single one of them, as they went up in line, they were buying like say three or four scratchers. And it takes a long time because they got to point to which ones they like underneath the glass case. And I was thinking... I didn't know this many people bought lottery tickets because personally, I've never really bought a lottery ticket. I think I could probably count on one hand. Oh, like scratchers or lottery tickets? Either one. Okay. I've never bought a scratcher, I don't even think, but maybe like a lottery ticket. I think me and Anna have bought maybe like a couple of them just for fun a couple times. I don't think I've ever bought a lottery ticket. I think I bought probably my lifetime. I'm sure I bought maybe $100 in scratchers in my entire life. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that's that's definitely more than me. Like yeah. I said, maybe five, six, maybe max uh, lottery and scratchers combined. Um, I've... I think I've won a gift one time at like a uh, Christmas party or something that was full of scratchers. Oh, that's fun. You know, I had like 10 scratchers in there, but I didn't pay for them. And it was still like only $6 in winnings. <laughs> so not that big of a deal. Yeah. But I just want to figure out, you know, is this good for people to have, be, have the ability to kind of buy this, kind of talk through that idea? And then who's winning? Is it the people that are actually winning the money? Yeah. The one out of, let's say, 300 million or so. 298 million, man. Come on. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> So let's say one out of 300 million people, uh, or is it maybe the funds that go to the state level governments and stuff? Are they the ones winning? So that's kind of an interesting conversation, right? Yeah, no, I, I think so too, man. And, and my research is pretty aligned as far as what the what the objectives are, I guess, of this. And I don't know, the way it was originally sold, I guess, because, um, you know, just a brief history, if you will, over the lotteries. It's been around since like, you know, 250 BC, and then it got popularized around 1500 AD. And then as far as in, in America, what we know is the the lottery, I believe it started in New Hampshire, if I remember right, in 1964, 66, around there. So New Hampshire was kind of the first one to actually popularize in what we know as the lottery of today. And originally how it was sold is, hey, you know, a lot of the proceeds and the revenue is going to go to the education system. It's yeah. going to fund building, heck, actually, um, what, I think University of Pennsylvania, Harvard, Yale. Um, Princeton, Columbia. Princeton, Columbia. So a lot of, you know, Prestigious schools. Prestigious schools were actually funded. Out of lottery tickets. Uh, as well as bridges, things of that nature. Um, Benjamin Franklin had one, uh, has tried to start a lottery. For cannons, actually, for yeah. the Civil War. Yeah, it failed, oh, though. Revolutionary War, probably, actually. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that actually failed, which yeah. I thought was interesting. So um, the way the original lottery was positioned, I, I feel like it was intended to be a good thing. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's still a long shot, right? You know, yeah. it wasn't 298 million to one, but... Or, the, the inverse of that. Um, but now what it's kind of evolved into, and I'm curious if your research supported this as well, that, hey, let's say um, you're the mayor of Chandler and you had on your budget that you were going to allocate $100 million towards the education system. Yep. Well, now that you have the lottery, now you're actually going to allocate maybe 40, or I'm saying maybe 60 million. And then that other 40 million is to there to supplement the uh, the rest of the, the winnings, if you will, I'm sorry, the rest of the budget. So it's the way it's positioned like, oh, you know, this revenue is going to go to the, the education system. Well, yes, but whenever you don't really think about it second level, I would interpret that like, hey, if my education system got $100 million from the, the mayor, now they're going to get another $40 million, to whereas it's really just meant to allow us to take that $40 million and spend it as, elsewhere. It's not like in addition to, it's essentially just a different pot of money. Yeah, it's almost like they're already guaranteeing that they're going to get X amount of money. And so now they're kind of... It's almost like they're overspending the funds before they even have it. Is that where you're trying to get yeah, to? Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, hey, we're going to get it from the lottery anyways, so we'll use it when we get well, it. Well, it's just very frustrating because whenever you're put, proposing these bills and like, oh, yeah, you know, the revenue is going to go to education system, one would assume that it's going to remain stagnant as far as what they're getting from the, the government, the local government, and then this is in addition. Yeah. 
and that's where it kind of bothers me. Now it's oh, a little snake okay. oil salesy to me. Oh, I see what you're saying. So they, it's, it's not an addition to, so they're like, Hey, you know, historically, uh, a certain school district gets say like $10 million a year from yep. the local government. Well, now that we have this lottery and we're going to go ahead and, and advocate to get another $10 million. Well, what happens is that another means that you're actually going to lower how much you're going to get from taxpayers, which is 2 million now. So in the end, they're only going to get about 12. Exactly. And then you're just oh. going to reallocate it into, I believe the general fund. Yes. I noticed I, that. I, is the general fund. Yeah. yeah. To where it's like, God only knows where that black hole goes. Yeah. So that, that. that's, that was a little frustrating, but then I also started reading a little bit more and like, okay, well, well, what's the, what's the counter to this? Well, the yeah. counter is usually raising taxes then. Yeah. So I was like, oh, damn. Okay, that's where I really started to kind of evolve my thought process because I was getting kind of angry, but I was like, well, I, I really don't want my taxes any higher. Yep. Right? So what did you come against, come across, rather? What's your first impression? What's yeah, your, uh, a couple things for me is I, I read through the same history. Pretty neat to hear that, you know, I think it said like the first couple of them that were in America funded 200 churches, 300 yeah. schools like Harvard, Yale, things like that. So it's major things that, you know, we all care about, um, you know, it, I guess, um, not industries, but institutions, um, and even railroads, right? So it was kind of a way for people to say, Hey, I believe in this thing and I want to possibly kind of give my money to it, but also have a chance of winning. So it's kind of a neat cause, uh, to be able to donate money. It's almost, it, I'm not going to say charitable, but you're like, Hey, I think that this is good for the society. So I'm going to put my money in with the chance of possibly winning it big, kind of a neat way to have a kind of a pro and con there. Um, a couple things that I wanted to kind of go through is, is, you know, how much money is actually going into lotteries? Uh, $82 billion in 2019. That's how much money was you know, purchased in lottery tickets in a single year. That is huge. Uh, certain states spend a drastically more. Uh, states like New York and Massachusetts are on the top of the list. New York is spending over $10 billion dollars in lottery uh, tickets a year. That means citizens are going out and buying these tickets, $10 billion. So there's, they're essentially purchasing one-eighth of all the ticket sales in the entire U.S., which is pretty interesting to me. Um, are, are you going to get into a little bit more on who they is as far as yeah, well, the demographics I, of who makes yeah, up they? Yeah, I did okay, want to go good. into that a little bit. So Because that's important. I think so, too. Um, the Sorry, average, man, if I got you yeah, no worries. Right no, uh, the average American to kind of get put it into perspective kind of ranges, I guess, based on the year a lot. But what I saw is the average American spends about two hundred and twenty-five dollars a year in the lottery. Did you did you read that same stat? Because it did uh, range a little bit. Overarching, yes, but yeah. I, I thought you were going to break it down by I income. Am. Okay, I'm going to go into different um, groups it's, it's as well. Heavily weighted, <laughs> it is. And so what what Jared's kind of alluding to here, and this is one thing, is that lower income brackets are the most likely to buy lottery tickets. Uh, in the typical month. And so what this bank rate survey found across all of the respondents um, that bought lottery tickets, people making less than $30,000 a year, um, they are usually putting about $115 towards lotteries. Is that a month or a year? Oh, sorry, a month. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so a month. And so you're looking, what is that? Uh, oh, $1,000? $1,200? $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $
it's just really frustrating to me that some marketing guru out there was, you know, kind of running the numbers and like, Hey, this is, this is where our sweet spot is as the data is showing, you know, five times more than the national average, six times more than the national average. That really bothers me from an ethics standpoint. Yeah. Can you really fault him at all for doing it? Because he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm a marketer. What I'm supposed to do is make sure that I market my product to the person most likely to buy it. Yep. I know it's weird because you're also taking advantage of certain groups of people then at that point. Yeah. And, and, and guys, just to kind of <clears throat> put this in perspective as far as the odds of winning, Cody and I weren't, weren't kidding whenever we said one in 298 or 300 million. And, and just to kind of put that in perspective, um, one of the analogies that they said is imagine filling, uh, what do they say, filling your, your bathroom tub, your shower, your whole bathroom with grains of rice. That's about 300 million grains of rice. Oh, wow. And they say, you know, you're going to pick one of those grains of rice out and you're going to paint it gold. And then what you're going to do is you're going to have a buddy be blindfolded and say, hey, go to the bathroom and pick out a grain of rice. And if it's the gold one, okay, you win. That, that's, that's literally the equivalent. Whenever you, it's very hard to wrap your mind around one, one in 300 million. And see, I, it's funny. You go to this analogy and, and that's crazy to me. It's, it's a needle in a haystack. Yeah. I thought it was crazier. This is absolutely absurd. What, what you got? I don't know. How likely do you think it is, you know, you're going to walk outside and get struck by lightning? Oh, I, I don't want to ruin it for you. I know, yeah. but, but it, it seems almost like it's never going to happen, yep. right? Let's be honest. Yep. Well, <clears throat> being struck by lightning in America, you have a one in one million chance. Yep. So that means that you are 300 times more likely yep. to be struck by lightning than to win the lottery. One, one of the, so obviously, I'm sure we read the same side on this one. I thought one of the more fun, fun ones about Filming that. machine? The vending machine? Oh my gosh, 112 million? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know people got killed, but you are three times more likely to die from a, mi- a vending machine yeah. than to win the lottery. Yeah. lottery. <laughs> that, was, that was my most favorite one, was what? the vending machine. <laughs> or, hey, you know, for everybody listening and, and just both of us for fun here, do you think you're going to become a movie star? I do not. Okay, I don't either. Uh, for all of our listeners, maybe one of you guys are going to become a movie star, um, but you have a one in one half million. So let's say one in two million chance to become a movie star. Okay. 150 times more likely. I, I don't think there's a lot of people out there that say, okay, I have aspiration to be a movie star. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become the next Tom Cruise. So, okay, so we've been very negative as far as, yeah. you know, kind of making a mockery out yep. of it. So, okay, let's, let because at the end of the day, obviously winners are chosen, right? Someone has to be, the, the fact that it's one in X, well, the yep. fact that it's one, you know, someone is chosen, right? Mm-hmm. And then so I was wondering a little bit around, did a little bit of research as far as, you know, people who've actually won it. And I read this interesting website and it was, it was some clickbaity thing like, you know, seven things they don't tell you about winning the lottery or one okay. of those types of sites. Right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Sure. I'll bite. Mm-hmm. So I start clicking on it, man. And it's really funny because obviously they accumulate, you know, sometimes tens and hundreds of millions of dollars, mm-hmm. you know, pre-tax. And so what's so funny is, well, I'm sorry, what's horrible, not funny. 70% I saw that too. of them go bankrupt in five years. And with debt. They like they they go yeah. bankrupt. They they had tens and hundreds of millions of dollars and seventy percent. Mm-hmm. And then you know it's actually really funny. So they obviously they'll they'll put a for sale sign in their home that next day and they'll go buy a nice little Beverly Hills mansion, whatever it may be, in an exclusive community. Yeah. Buy the Lamborghini. Yeah, yeah. And it's really kind of horrible because the people in the community. Uh, the, one of the stories that was referenced is a lottery winner. They buy it. They they bought a piece of property. It's very exclusive yeah. piece of real estate in a nice little gated community, and they host. They wanted to host a party for all their neighbors. Not one of their neighbors came because like you didn't actually earn this money. Like they yeah. they almost looked down on. Oh, that's lottery money. That's not actually earned. You you don't actually add any value from an intellectual standpoint. Um, so it, it's one of those things. And then also um, your friends and family eat you alive they have all their hands out oh yeah hey man uh my, my mortgage is getting a little heavy you know they just expect that's what i think most uh where the 70 percent of them go bankrupt is if they are uh public about the information so well, some states require it i know but if they go out and they pretty much like tell everybody they're on social media things like that because you then have friends that you didn't even know existed <laughs> now knocking on your door you have family members that come to you with every single sob story and everybody's got real sticky hands. And when you have that much money and you're just not disciplined to ruin relationships, like you have to say no, which will ruin a relationship, which is crazy. Well, I think that's funny that you think saying no is the what ruins a relationship. I actually yeah. think the person initiating the ask is what ruins a relationship. I, I agree. Yes. Yeah. You shouldn't be asking for the money. <clears throat> um, 
But you saying no will also like ruin the relationship. If you said yes and then you just gave him the ten dollars, and then that was the, the final ask, it may not ruin a relationship, and and maybe the money goes away. No, I don't know. I was just thinking that if you said no, you're trying not to get to that answer because you're like, hey, I'm not the one asking here. I'm not. I'm getting taken advantage of. I got plenty in the bank. I can take care of it. The problem that's, is when you have hundreds of people doing it. That's just such an interesting concept. And, and obviously, by no means am I trying to say that you're a, a lottery winner, millionaire. But obviously, you 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 do well. You work hard, and yeah. You know, and not in my wildest imagination. No, I guess maybe if I fell on hard times, but just out on a random Tuesday, hey, Cody, Cody had a pretty good year. I think I'm going to ask him for some money. Like that, that's such a weird concept to me. And here you yeah. are, you know, you've been, you know, we've been buddies for what, 20 years now. I know, but I think it would be weird. So this is what, what I think, I don't know that report or another one, but what I was reading is that most people look at it. And it's kind of funny that you said, uh, if you move into that wealthy neighborhood, they don't think of you as earning it. No. And that's the same situation with your family members and friends that ask for that money. They're like, he didn't really earn it. So it's not really his. It's kind of like everybody that's helped him live. Almost everybody that's been around him. And so I guess a lot of friends and family members okay. look through it and say, hey, you didn't really earn it, but, you know, so why not share a little bit of it? Like, you got plenty. And I'm not trying to defend this situation. I'm just stating from their perspective how you can get there. Because apparently it's super common. So it's not like it's abnormal for this situation to occur where, hey, I win the lottery. I got $10 million. You know, $10 million is life-changing. And most people say, well, you don't need $10 million. Come on, you'd be fine with eight million. You can share two. What? What? A, Which what is a crazy? Crazy, thing. crazy concept. Crazy concept. Horrible. But, concept. but then again, we have people that you know govern, and they ask for twenty to fifty percent of your income. Yeah. Right. They don't. They say you don't need it. We need it. <clears throat> Someone else needs it. So that's actually a very common place. It's not like it's foreign. It happens our every day with our paychecks. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about the taxes. That's, yes. Uh, taxes. That's interesting, man. I know. It is weird. It's um, weird whenever you make it a little bit more real and it's not Uncle Sam taking, you know, their, what, 24%, 22%. Dude, I guarantee your neighbor would be asking you for a little chunk of that change. I know. Isn't that weird? You imagine someone coming over with a cake and everything, doing the whole little uh, pony show and, and just, hey, we, we thought we'd make you a cake and we heard, you know, that's so awesome. Um, you know, I don't know if you heard, but um, my wife just lost her job and everything. That's how it would go. You know, you, you, they, you probably get some Stop, type of gift. It up. You get a little gift just to kind of work, well, you know, get welcomed into the house. And then all of a sudden you'd get the whole sob story. And then most people, when you have that much money, you're a nice person because you didn't, you're not like earning it. So why wouldn't you just want to kind of help out some people once in a while? So it, it really bothers me that, um, you know, again, I think this ties back to the financial literacy aspect of it because, you know, there are people that will go their entire lives, you know, they'll, they'll pay, what is it? What'd you say? The $1,200 a year? And scratchers and yeah. lottery tickets and and likely never win anything to ever write home to mom about. And it's one of those things where, man, if you just invested that twelve hundred dollars with a reasonable eight percent return over the course of your lifetime, I mean, you would be you would actually accumulate the wealth that you were trying to win rather yeah. than earning it. Yeah. And that's what I don't understand is why people want to win it rather than earn it. You know, it's funny. So I actually wrote in here other options, um, and we'll get into. We just opened up our second beer here. I guys. did. I did. So actually, so, I think we did a poor job of even introducing it. By poor job, yeah, I let's think just we just omitted pause. it. Yeah, let's do a quick pause. <laughs> so um, we got this beer from Santan Brewing Company. It's called Sex Panther, uh, double chocolate porter. I think Sex Panther is the name of the cologne in Anchorman. Right? It sure is. I think it's uh, what well, it sixty percent of the time. Every it time works, it works every time. Yeah. 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 So Santan Brewing Company, shout out, guys. Uh, Arizona Brewery. We've had a couple of their beer, uh, beers in the past. Um, nice play on the name there, Sex Panther. Uh, double chocolate porter. Sensentially, sensentially crafted with colonial rosewood cocoa. Chocolate. Sensually, yeah. Essentially, yeah. Cocoa malt and a lots of love. The addition white wheat gives the Sex Panther a smooth, creamy head. And man, it is creamy. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Have you ever had this beer? I've never had I'm, it. I've... Never bought a porter with my own hard-earned money in my whole life. Well, luckily, this is a double porter. <laughs> Actually, um, this is a little off topic, but do you think they have to like you know give Anchorman a little bit of kickback? I mean, yeah. that is the reason why you bought that beer is because of Anchorman, right? I don't know. I actually kind of like the little panther on here with the beer. He looks like a sex panther with that vest on he and the gold bracelets. Looks like a sex panther. Um, I don't think he's giving. They're giving him any money. I think that's just like a common term. I don't think it's trademarked. Wow, shame on Anchorman if they didn't. Who trademark. knew? Who knew that was going to be the most popular part of that whole movie? That is true, though. right? Um, 
Yeah, man. So obviously you got it uh, as far as the the double chocolate porter. This yeah, is, I'm going to go with a solid 3-2. Three, 3-2 two. Three, two for my scoring. It's a great beer. Um, it's actually extremely smooth. The taste is nice. It's got almost like a little bit of a peanut butter chocolatey taste. Um, very smooth. You know, it's kind of funny that they said the smooth head to it because it really is like, it's a nice, easy drink. What about you? Yeah. So now that Cody just kind of fed you that lying BS, I'm trying to PG it up, I guess. Mm. Um, I'm going to give the real score. Oh, wow. And I think you went way too high at 3 2. 3 2. What do you got? Wow. You're not even going over 3. You're going like 2 5 or something. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Honestly, I think you were one full point too high. I, I would two, go 2 two. 2. You don't like it at all. The, I, I don't like dessert type beers. I don't like chocolate oh, yeah. and peanut butter in my beer. Like I, This would go great with like a piece of cheesecake, I feel like. I, I You're think right. This would go, beer. I think this would go great in the garbage can. Wow. Okay, guys. So this might be one of Jared's least favorite beers yet. <laughs> I think it is. Okay. Um, so you got two more to drink. I do. I do. So this well, I was going to tell you. Um, it's funny that you mentioned. Um, you know, instead of you know spending the thousand uh, dollars a year plus, if you're in the lower income bracket, what would be maybe an easier way or a more likely way to get out? Um, instead of buying twelve hundred dollars in lottery tickets for the next forty years of your life, right? Which a lot of people do with a one in three hundred million chance. You mentioned something like, say, investing in a little bit. So I had three different ways, um, you know, other options to spend your money that probably will result in better odds to becoming a millionaire. First thing is, is your point. Um, investing in a low-cost index fund, guys, this is not complicated. This is not like you have to be some type of stockbroker. Well, and, and super you know, simple. Super and you know what's easy. actually really frustrating is I'll still strike up conversations. I, I try to work it into my everyday life. I try to strike up a conversation because, one, I'm hoping that, you know, maybe someone can teach me something or – Either the opposite is true. Hopefully, I can teach something to someone. And it's it's really frustrating to me at times how, regardless of the Robinhood apps of the world, that truly, I guess they're. I, I, I'm not going to butcher it. I don't know what their actual mission statement is, but yeah. it, in principle, it's to make investing easy for everyone. Yeah, literally, it's just an app away. Yeah, and and you can reasonably invest. It's you know, five dollars to five hundred. It's great. It's an easy transfer from your bank account where you may have a couple hundred bucks or you're spending in lottery money a month um, and, and transfer it you put it in there you forget about it and all of a sudden in a couple of years you'll be like holy smokes i have a hundred thousand dollars you know in 10 years time well you know what sucks though man is eight percent at a time excuse me isn't sexy it's not but it's a lot more than zero every single lottery ticket i, I agree but all of a sudden yeah. let's say let's say i invest a hundred bucks I I, i'm 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 the bottom one third of mary i don't have a lot of hundred bucks in one month hundred bucks a month and then all of a sudden you have one I'm able to do a thousand total. Yep. And then the next year, you know, after I'm looking at my, I get my 1099 to, yeah. to file my taxes or whatever. And I see that I, my account is now worth 10, I'm sorry, a thousand eighty. Yeah. I got 80 bucks now more. That's not fun. It's 8%. Don't get me wrong. You can, you can win with 8% all day long, oh, yeah. but it's not sexy. It's $80. Yeah. No. You know, but people don't realize that, Hey, next year, whenever I continue to diligently invest, now I'm going to gain interest I'm sorry, I'm going to get a return on that return that I already got on mm-hmm. the 1080. And that's where the, we talk about compounding interest, and that's where the eighth wonder of the world sets in. Albert Einstein. Um, second so, one. It, it sucks. Uh, yeah, yeah, you second one, uh, another option, better way to possibly spend your money. Um, at least, you know, if you are going to uh, not buy lottery tickets and you want to save that 100 bucks a month or whatever you're spending, possibly uh, saving up for a down payment on your very first house. Um, this could be life changing to many families in America. I think um, home ownership home ownership is in the forty to fifty percent of Americans. So you have a large majority of Americans, or a majority, I should say, that um, have not bought their first home. Uh, and so, if you were maybe um, slightly disciplined and, and, and you decided, you know what, I'm not going to buy lottery tickets for the next two years, three years, you might start accumulating enough to say five to eight thousand dollars to now buy your very first home because you have a down payment. That could be absolutely life-changing. You're going to build equity. You're going to be able to leverage that home as an investment in the future, which is really cool. Uh, And then the last one is possibly a side hustle. So there's a lot of people that listen to us and give us ideas that are straight-up hustlers, True. um, which is great. And so I think the third cool thing is is instead of spending your lottery money on lottery tickets every day or every uh, month, maybe save up till you have about five hundred to a thousand dollars and start a small business, whatever that may be. You might need to buy a camera, you might need to buy a, a, a microphone, you need, might need to buy some type of piece of equipment for your garage. But if you start saving over the course of a year, you'll now have enough money to go spend it in some equipment to actually start your small little business. Um, maybe you want to do screen printing in your garage. 
whatever it may be, this could be your kind of booster step there. Those are my three big ones. So I, I got you, man, and I'm I'm not gonna disagree with any of those. Yeah. I think those are three solid options. I just want to add another one, and I'm curious what you think about this. There are a multitude of organizations out there, everything from helping kids with Down syndrome to helping kids with maybe uh, like the St. Jude's Hospital or something like that, Um, you know, battered women's shelters, et cetera. If you're putting $1,000 a year into the odds of one in 300 million, if you're just insistent on giving away your money, why not? Give it away to a better cause. Yeah. I'll challenge you to, to, to actually donate to a charity, whether it's time, energy, effort, money, whatever. That's a good one too. But guys, one in 300 million. And I know I, to the guy who potentially listens to us, that's actually won the damn lottery. Now yeah. I sound like a dumbass, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the majority of people, the overwhelmingly large majority, all those little grains of rice that didn't get chosen, if you will. Yeah. I, I would I would challenge them. Hey, man, you know, research a, a charity or organization that you're passionate about, and, and help give them some money, man. Yeah, that's a lot it, of money. It, it's so fun, you know. You and I, you're you're very generous, uh, not just around the holidays, but you know, throughout the year, I, I, I would classify you as a very generous person. And it, it's it's so much fun whenever you and I, you know, we talked about you know buying cleats for yeah. for kids, and you know, or, or wrestling gear, figure or, out you, what to do, yeah, exactly. And it, it's so much more rewarding and. It, guys, if you if you're if you're counting on your retirement plan yeah. to be hitting the lottery, like we, we gotta we gotta figure something else. Well, man, totally. Um, yeah. So we're in our second beer. Um, you've kind of heard us talk about some of the negative stuff. Um, I wouldn't mind talking about a little bit of the positive positive stuff, Jared, before we get into our opinions on the thing. Again, I think it's so hard, guys, to not get you know hear our opinions a little bit coming out when we're going through some of this historical stuff, some of the data points, because especially stuff like this, a lot of the research, like if you just start Googling the lottery, a lot of the videos, a lot of the research is almost always going to kind of show you the, I guess, negative aspects of it because it's more clickbaity. Um, and so even when I was researching and trying to find some pros, a couple of things that um, I read through, and, and Jared, please correct me if I'm wrong on this, but um, it's kind of a neat, unique way for the government or state level to bring more money in to be used for positive things or what they deem positive. And, and of course, when they say we're, they're deeming it positive, it means that you're electing somebody that is thinking is positive. That's a so, separate issue. Yeah, I know it's, it's what the people deem positive. So <clears throat> a lot of this money goes towards education. A lot of it goes towards, um, and you know what I saw pop up in almost every single state for lottery money was women and children's services. I don't know if you saw that. I saw veteran services as veteran well. Veteran services. You see homeless services. So um, what that means, guys, is that when you buy, a, let's say, a $1 lottery ticket, I, I don't know the cost of normal lottery tickets, but I'm assuming it's a dollar because that's what they we're using as the average. So let's just say uh, the cost of a lottery ticket is $1. Well, about, I think it's like 46% of that's going to go towards the winnings, right? So that's like that big jackpot. Mm-hmm. Right, so forty-six cents of the dollar goes towards this kind of lottery pool. It goes into a savings account, waiting for that winner. Okay, great. Then you have uh, about ten percent uh, going towards like administration cost for the lotteries. So advertising, marketing, salaries for people that are working there, um, the commissions, uh, which is I think six cents. So when you have a Circle K or a gas station type thing, Seven Eleven, when they sell it. Every single dollar ticket they they sell, they get six cents. And they also get a bonus if they actually sell a winner. Yeah, which is so rare that it's probably not even that big of a deal. It's, but. it's not, but that's I, the whole commission and bonus structure. Yeah. Wait, wait, for pressing a button? But well, what it is, is it incentivizes yeah. them to advertise for it. Well, they still have to have right? like That's room. how I interpret it. Yeah, but they have to rub room in the store to store them. Um, it's real estate that's yeah, taken up. Yeah, exactly. So it makes sense. You got to pay the people like t- something. And six cents is not a huge amount of money per ticket. Like, let's be honest, it's pretty small, 6%. Agreed. So I'm all right with that, whatever. Um, and then the rest. So it's, I think if they say between 30 and 40% of the actual lottery ticket goes towards government funds, whether that's school systems, um, you mentioned veterans affairs, women and child services, things like that. So when you're buying a lottery ticket, the nice thing is knowing that it is going to those causes. Now, here's the weird thing. Do you buy a lottery ticket because of that reason? That's where I'm kind of wondering, and, and I don't know if you want to share any details around that, but I'm just, that's my question that comes up. Are people buying it because of that reason? Hell no. I don't think so either. No. No, 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 no. A- absolutely not. And, and I would love for someone to tell me differently. 
but you're buying a lottery ticket for the chance to win. For the chance to win, I, I mean, if because that if that truly was the case, you would just donate to the VA. You would donate to the Women and Children Foundation. You would donate, you know, to all these different projects. Now, are you doing it because you know it's a good cause, and there's also a chance to win? Though maybe it's a little bit of a combination. So you're almost what talking you? about like you know the Tom shoes aspect. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm willing to to buy this brand. I get a benefit of shoes, and they get the benefit of the free shoes. Exactly. Like there's, like, there's an equal benefit there. I'm <clears throat> helping somebody without hurting my own pocket. So just out of curiosity, whenever you this you know once a year that you'll go buy a lottery ticket or scratcher. Have you ever seen, hey, you know, 46 of every, 46 no. cents of every dollar goes to XYZ. There's no marketing it, for that. No. Honestly, it wasn't until researching no, I had no that idea. I had any clue what this money goes to. I didn't know that they always said education. Okay, I, I've heard that. Yeah. But what does that mean? And, yeah. and honestly, even doing research, I still don't really know uh, what it means. I, I found out that, you know, all it did allows us to reallocate dollars. So I did find some stuff on university stuff, or sorry, education stuff. Okay. And it's a little fishy. I, whenever I heard education, like, and I specifically start research for Arizona's lottery, just because it's close to home and everybody, a lot of our listeners are here. Yeah. But also anybody listening, it's probably, you know, very similar to how your state does it. I think most states kind of have a very similar ratio here, but out of the, let's say 45 cents that is going to go towards government funds, right? These are, are grants, things like that to government agencies to go use that money from the lottery ticket sales. The largest portion, by far, is for education purposes. So we, we listed off veterans, women's affairs, um, homeless situations. The largest portion is for education. Now, when I, when I originally heard that, what education did you think that was for? I think public school systems. Like K through 12? Yes. Hmm. That's what I thought, too. Okay. And I think to everyone else, they think the same thing. Agreed. None of it goes towards that. None of it. It goes towards universities in that state, ASU, U of A, NAU, the ones that charge very, very high tuitions. To Jared's face right now, guys, he is blown away, and I think you guys are blown away. I did not come across that in my research, man. Last year, or I think this was actually 2000, what year are we in, 2022? We are now in 2022. So this is 2020 data, so two years ago now. The university bond beneficiary received $40 million from the Arizona lottery. It was the largest by far. There wasn't even anybody that was even close. The closest was like $20, $20 million, the next agency. So the university bond is the education arm of the lottery system. So they got 40 million, 40, almost $40 million in money, free money essentially from the lottery system, and then they can use it to their own discretion. Now, ASU, U of A, and NAU, which are our three big public schools in Arizona, go ahead and fight for those dollars every year to use to their own discretion. So ASU says, hey, well, we're going to do this. So we need 28 million of that, you know, or whatever it is. I don't know the numbers, right, right, but they're going to fight for it. Yeah, and so course. they get, you know, let's say the largest chunk. And then, and it, you know, you, I'm guessing U of A fights for the second largest and NAU gets like the two, three million dollars, yep. right? The small little chunk because they're the smallest of them all. So anyways, when I, when I read that, I was thinking, huh, are, are university systems, should, are they really the ones that are deserving of this? Because all we're doing is almost making a cycle here. Well, it's not like these universities have like sales teams or, you know, college tuition increases though. So they, they do need the money. Jared's being facetious right now. They have sales teams and they also can hire their tuition. Can, can you elaborate a little bit more as far as the sales teams? Let's call it what are they? Sales teams for these universities? Yeah, their tuition or, or their uh, recruitment offices or uh, whatever they mean. I don't know what they call them nowadays. It's a fancy marketing term for sales. They are getting yes. a commission. So when <laughs> they essentially work with local high schools in that state to reach reach out to counselors and say, hey, guys, um, we're going to you know, make sure that you guys have an easy path to coming to ASU, all of your students. So let's set up a seminar and go through all of the you know, reasons why we're the right university for them. We're also going to make sure that, um, you know, we go show them all the fancy stuff that we have, these cool lunchrooms and these dorms where they're going to have all their friends nearby, right? They're selling their campuses. This is why college campuses, if you guys go visit them, I'm sure our listeners have or you've been through it, they have these areas that look like just absolute crazy money spent, right? These MU areas, these uh, public fields, 
these gyms now that are state of the art with Better rock than walls. Any lifetime you've ever been in. Rock walls and spas and all that stuff because they're trying to convince people to come to their college so they can get the, mo- the yeah. money. You pay 40 grand a year for a nice walk, rock wall. Bingo. Yeah. So anyway. Well, hell, now it's all online too. And, 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 and some people might be saying, well, no, they're just trying to compete. Well, guys, this is how bad these sales teams are for some universities. Um, we have one that you may have heard of because they market nationwide the University of Phoenix, which I'm not trying to say that they're the only ones that do this, but they were the ones that were caught by the federal government doing this to this the is a horrible story. 10th extent. So the University of Phoenix, and I may get some details wrong, so please, you know, Fact correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, but um, a couple of years back, they were um, pretty much, you know, I think they were brought to court. There was a couple of lawsuits against them. And the federal government figured out that they were really misusing the veterans' uh, what, GI Bill. Yeah. So uh, either GI Bill or tuition assistance. Exactly. So. And so what they were doing specifically was marketing very strongly to uh, anybody in the military or as a veteran, because they knew that those individuals had kind of free money, right? Because if they're use serving, it it. yeah, if they're serving or they had served, they have an uh, amount of money that they can use. And they would essentially say, hey, we're going to get you this great college degree that you're going to be able to go make 10 times the amount of money in the private sector now, now that you're going to you know, either you know, become a veteran or maybe you already are a veteran. So why don't you enlist, or not enlist, um, enroll in our school, and we're going to do all the paperwork for you. We're going to make it real easy. Sign up. Sign up for these classes. We're even going to show you which classes to sign up for. So they did all of this. Now, did that veteran or did that officer or that enlisted person ever show up to class sometimes now here's the problem so we had, they had a lot of people that were not showing up to classes and they were still getting billed the federal government was still getting billed for these tuition and as long as that person whoever was the one that enrolled never really unenrolled they kept on getting billed and so now you have these four-year degrees for somebody that really didn't show up to class very often or maybe they showed up for the first two or three and so they took <coughs> advantage of this you know free money and that's a problem. So when I say they have sales teams, they do. They do. And, and, and guys, you know, this wasn't supposed to be like, you know, a knock on colleges or anything like that. That's not what this is intended to be. But um, unfortunately, there are people that are taking advantage of situations. Yeah. And when they have $40 million at stake here from a, a lottery system bond, they're going to fight for that money probably maybe the wrong ways. That's yeah. a lot of money. Yes. <laughs> Dude, let's 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 figure out how to get a freaking charter to start a university, six pack U or something like that, man. Right? <laughs> uh, let's just take one tenth of that. Yeah, shoot, we could we can teach some people some stuff. <laughs> right. So anyway, so uh, crazy little stat there. I don't know if you came across that. I thought it was for K twelve. Like, no, dude. Honestly, uh, piss poor. I'll I'll admit this to our listeners right now. Piss poor. My job. No. I took education at face value, and I just assumed K twelve public. Me too. And I, so, how about this? Let's get into maybe some real opinions here because I'm about ready to crack my throat. Jones is already there. Jared Jones, I should say. A um, couple things that I was kind of thinking about through this is I, I don't mind the lottery system. No. I think it's a unique way for people to almost put their money into causes that they believe in, but they don't want to be – it's not char- strictly charity. Like I, I see charity as like, okay, this is the, the ultimate. Like people that maybe have a little bit of expendable income – I get it. If you're buying a lottery ticket, you probably have expendable income. Well, the data doesn't suggest that, though. I, I know. It's interesting, right? Because the lower income it's, it's actually, yeah. It's opposite. It's, it's inverse. It's yeah. But let's just say. I, I, and ideally, I would like you to be right. Yeah. But unfortunately, you're not. <laughs> right? Well, I don't think the amount of income determines. The amount of discretionary? Yeah. Okay. So even I, if you're, I, I see what you're saying now. Yeah. It's loose. I, I reluctantly agree with you. It's, yeah. I don't know. It shouldn't be are, discretionary. Yeah. yeah. So if you, even if you are, say you're earning $15,000 a year, you're in that lower income bracket, but you're still spending $1,000 a year on lottery tickets. Maybe you are actually spending a thousand. You don't have any debt. That's fine. That's totally fine. You know, you, it's your own money. You can use it however you want. I don't recommend going into debt doing this kind of stuff. Hell no. Um, but if it's your money, you can do that. Now, maybe they're doing that. And they're not putting it into charity. And I'm not going to force anybody to, to donate a certain amount of money to charity. No. But if there's a way to maybe give that money to a certain group. So here was kind of my idea. And you can push me back on this or maybe you have a better idea. But my idea was, is why don't we make it so that there are different kind of lottery um, subtypes? 
So instead of just putting it into this general fund, almost like how we've talked about this in the past is, why aren't there like check boxes when I pay my taxes to say where I want my money to go to? And I get it, that's a little bit challenging for our legislative branch to figure this all out. Like, hey, we need a certain amount in our military budget no matter what, or else we're gonna have to fire half of the team. Like, it's just not gonna work for the tax purposes. But maybe the lottery is kind of a unique way to start that trend where I say, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna play the lottery, but I'm also gonna, I'm gonna buy the, the fish and game lottery because I, I wanna make sure that you know, Arizona Forest Service has enough money every year. So I'm gonna buy the fish and game lottery. Oh, so you're almost saying, <clears throat> not necessarily privatize the lottery. That's not the right. No, no, no. At. Each government agency almost has their own uh, separate lottery. Yeah. Like still one, one company or one lottery system still runs it all. Huh. But let's say there's like 10 different lottery tickets. And, and this one goes towards literally K through 12 for Arizona public schools. Okay, great. This one goes towards universities. This one goes towards, you know, game and fish. This one goes towards a one out of 10. Like literally they break it up 10 cents per each group. And I think it would be kind of a unique way for people to almost give to the group that they want to see money go towards. And then then you're not fighting. Now these agencies aren't fighting for funds politically. They're getting money based on where the public actually wants the money to go to. What do you think about something like that? You know, I actually don't hate that. Um, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think through it a little bit more. So you're saying the VA has their own... Uh, Bingo. Like if you if you're like hey, every you know, single agency has their own lotto. Yeah, like you know what? Hey, I I really care about Veterans Affairs. Well, I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. When I buy a lottery ticket, I'm going to buy the Veterans Affairs lottery ticket. So I get it. I might not have the biggest grand prize at the end of the month, but at least I know. And it doesn't matter because my chances are now higher too, though. If I'm in that lottery system, I have higher chances. Yeah, it chances. goes from like one to 300 million to like one in three million. Exactly. So it depends on which one yeah. I play, of course. Maybe I'm just like, I'm only going to play the odds. Yeah. Well, if I'm playing the odds, I'm actually maybe going to put it in the one that doesn't get as much money, which is fine. What do you think about <clears throat> something like that? You know, that's actually a pretty unique take. Um, it's like saying lottery's good. What, whenever, whenever we finalize this subject, as far as we're going to be talking about it today, I was, first and foremost, I'm trying to figure out if it is broken. And I think the data would suggest that in a way it is a little broken, if you will. But I, I just because of the fact I don't like what, what, what did they actually coin the term? I think it's like regressive tax system to where we're taking a lot more money from the people that really don't have the discretionary funds, i.e., you know, the people earning less than 30,000 and the people earning over 80. You're saying discretionary, you mean disposable income? Disposable, thank you. Okay. I, I guess that's a misuse of the word discretionary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Disposable income, thank you. So I, I really don't like the fact because whether we're going to be doing it, this whole little segmented lottery, hey, the VA is going to have a lottery. My to, idea. I one. still think the same amount of people from each respective tax bracket is still going to be buying. I don't think there's a way to not to get around that. And, and so that's why I'm saying I think very similar to our, um, like on a beer, for example, we know drinking these three beers right now each it is not good for us, right? Mm -hmm. It is going to make our workouts tomorrow that much harder. It could have been a lot easier. I'd be just, you know, replace it with three waters or yep. whatever it is. Yep. But that'd be a boring title. Six, six water discussion. <laughs> but, um, two no, liter, two liter discussion. So, so it's one of those things where that's why I just kind of have a problem with the lottery. And I think it is from a lack of education in that I don't, I think people understand their odds are against them, but I don't know if people understand it's one in 300 million. One, one in the population of the U.S. almost. So it's funny. Uh, a book I read a while back, Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow, was actually... Oh, uh, I actually just saw that on Apple Books. I think it's like a top 10 right now. Yes, it is. It's yeah. a great book. So I read that a while back. It was actually quoted in here because... Um, I'm trying to think of the author's name. He did a bunch of research on the lottery because he thought it was one of the weirdest things. Um, lottery is one of the weird instances where people do not believe in the odds and they almost actually have an inverse relationship as the odds decrease the the decision to play increases so Is that daniel Kenneman? man there you go yep so i don't know if you heard me there jones but um as as the uh, odds decrease right of me winning your likelihood of play, playing increases there's it's, an inverse relationship yes yes so when the jackpot is larger yeah Right, meaning okay, guys, it is now five hundred million dollars, which happens, you know, once a year. Well, the amount of players increases dramatically for every million dollars increasing. Oh, and when you have that, when you have more players playing at those amounts, 
your odds actually decrease. So it's kind of a weird thing. And, and so he did a bunch of work, you know, doing the studies, trying to figure out why does this happen? And we, we have something in our brains, and this is the gambling addiction, where we have like this like feeling where we're like, oh, the amount of money is so great that odds are not, do not matter anymore. Which is not good for anything, for survival so, instincts. So it's almost one of those things. I think when I was doing this research, I can't remember who was quoted. It was, it was a fairly reputable um, person that said this. But it was something to the effect of talking about the lottery. I believe it was a president that said this. But um, they said something to the effect of people would rather a small chance on winning a large sum of money than a big chance on winning a little sum of money. That's perfect. That's that statement. I can't remember who freaking said that. It was, dude, I read dozens of articles. No, about no, this, but that's about perfect. Right? But yeah, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Because it's one of those things. If I have a one in two chance of winning $20 or a one in a hundred chance of winning $2,000, I'm taking that one. I'm taking the $2,000. That's exactly what I was trying to describe yeah. here. Uh, yeah, yes, there's an inverse correlation um, to what happens with lottery winnings, uh, you know, which is crazy. Um, and so I'm like, we're not going to get rid of that. You don't want to, you don't want to force people not to be able to do it. Like, I think it's no. absurd to say, hey, you know what guys, we're, we're going to get rid of lotteries because it affects, um, lower income individuals more, more it's inversely. It's bad for them. No, uh, where I will step. So I agree with oh. that. I'm, I'm never going to Legislate. say people where they can spend their money on. Yeah. That's anti-American as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Legally, I guess, you know, I'm, Depends on where you are, yes. Um, but I would like some sort of legislation. I just hate that word, but let's call it what it is. Some sort of governance as far as the marketing material. Oh, like because that like cigarette ads that pisses me off. Whenever I see, hey, a way off. I kid you not. The billboard said a way off Washington Street and on Easy Street is through the freaking lottery. That angers me. And then also there was a campaign that the lotto got their hand slapped for is uh, talking about retirement planning. Like, oh, do you have a retirement plan? Play the lotto. That, see, that angers me. And, and I know you're laughing. Because it's not a retirement plan. But it's one of those things where, and I hate the word legislation or governance or whatever, but let's call it what it is. I need to see some sort of regulation as far as what they can and can't advertise. Because truthfully, I guess technically is the lottery a retirement plan? Yeah, if you win, cool. I guess it's a pretty sweet retirement. I don't know if that's a plan, though, but yes, okay. <laughs> I mean, but technically speaking, is it a plan? Uh, with very long chances of winning. <laughs> okay, you can give me all the caveats, but in its fundamental definition, a plan, yeah. my plan is to just play the lotto. The, the definition is yes, or the answer is yes. Yeah. Right? So that's where it's getting kind of pissed because we've already talked about dozens of times on this podcast the financial illiteracy of America, right? So all of a sudden they start getting, you know, all this propaganda, if you will, just pushed on them as far as, oh, lotto, lotto, lotto. Oh man, I, I, can, I can get rich quick. All it's going to take is a $2, $4 lottery ticket. That's where it starts to bother me. I get you there. What I think is very odd is this whole university bond stuff. Well, I thought it was for K for 12, K through 12 money. And I sort of kind of, I'm not trying to be cynical here at all, but it was, Kind of interesting to think, if I was a university, would I want to see ever a decrease in lottery money? No. Okay, so I would, get I, it. would I ever try to educate my students on the financial probability of lottery, or would I want them to play in the lottery? No, you'd want them to play in it, because it's more money for you. And so you see how there's kind of like a... a what do you call that whenever it's almost a- the precedent's been set? It's almost like, let's say you're a beer salesman and I pay you 50 cents in commission for every beer you sell me. Could I ever say, Hey Cody, uh, we're going to take it down to 25 cents now. No, I'm going to go somewhere else where there's another 50%. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. why the hell would I ever educate my, my revenue stream, if you will? Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, an <sighs> adversarial relationship, but it's, uh, it's, it disincentivizes you to truly do the right thing. Educate them, yeah. And, and it's just such a weird situation where I think there's a lot of the public that are they're at a point where we need some financial literacy. We just need to be better at saving and not spending. We Agreed. need to think about how borrowing and interest rates work a little bit better. And I'm thinking through my education, you know, starting at kindergarten all the way through, um, you know, four-year degree. I, I don't think there was ever an emphasis on learning about that kind of stuff. No. Like there's, there's an emphasis if you want to take the very specific classes required, but it wasn't like they were required classes. It wasn't like there was kind of a track or anything like that. And I'm thinking, well, 
why would there be if there is a structure built at the institutional level to essentially say, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get this money. Why would we ever teach anybody that it's bad to spend the money there? Agreed. And so... Why would you, why would you educate your revenue stream to cut off your revenue stream? I know. And I'm, I'm using the word it's, revenue stream it's a kind, of, cynical, right? kind of morbid almost as far as I'm, I'm just equating people to, to that. But I'm sorry I'm being factual, I guess. Yeah, you, you right? get it. $1,000 a year that I'm going to get from this one person. Like, I get it. So I, I want that money to go to education, but then they are not really going to properly uh, use those funds because I, I would think that the best thing that you use those funds were is to educate kids and, and people to properly learn how to retire properly. And so when you're when you're at that point where you're like, okay, should we teach kids the odds of winning or should we teach the kids about how compound interest works? Oh, if I had in my world compound interest. I know. I, I and, and maybe I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking too close-minded here, but I truthfully just think if people understood, it's not sexy year one, but man, is it sexy year 10. Man, is it really sexy year 25. I, I know, but right? is it in my interest as the educator and as the it university? And so why would I ever do it? I almost would turn a blind eye to it and say, guys, we need to be focusing on the histories of the Mayan culture. So I guess is the something. root cause is where this money is going. Because yeah. right now, because it is funneled to these universities, why the hell would they ever make their students smarter, for yeah. lack of a better term? So is that the root cause of it? Where the money's being funneled to as far as quote unquote education? I, I think it should be funneled to K through 12 because that's a public school. They're going to get the money no matter what. And I just don't know if there's a lobby. There's probably a lobby. The teacher's union probably lobbies oh, for this stuff. To. I know. Has to. I, I don't know, but. Well, I, they don't get the money, so they're not lobbying very well for it. <laughs> and so I'm just wondering, like, why wouldn't we be sending it to our public school system? In the state. So, like, you know, Arizona, they're spending $40 million. Well, let's just spend that on, you know, better books for K through 12. Let's spend that on additional teachers so that classroom sizes go down. Like, I don't think any parent would ever say that's a bad idea, right? Agreed. And I, I, I would actually probably buy lottery tickets if I knew that money was going, like, if there was that little lottery ticket that said, hey, every dollar you spend here, 50 cents of it goes towards uh, decreasing classroom sizes. Oh, yeah, put me in. I'm in. I know you're like, okay, well, why don't you just pay higher taxes? That's what I was that? just about to say, man. I know, but it's funny. That's annoying that you knew that, too. I know. I know you were about to say that, but I'd be like, you know what? The higher taxing feels like at some point it's going to be changed, and that money might go somewhere else. So I don't want to give somebody else the power to change where that money goes. because it, It's almost like what Elon Musk was just famously quoted for saying a few weeks ago as far capital. as capital allocation. Bingo. Right. Why would I want to give someone who's been uh, displayed poor capital allocation Bingo. for dozens of years, decades, if you will. Bingo. Why the hell would I want to give them more money? It's like, hey, if, if, and this actually just got in, in Chandler right before I moved. I, I voted on a couple of bills. There was one of them about increasing the budget overrides for education. Now, that's it. They just say the amount of money that they're going to increase the property taxes by. They don't state where that money is going. Now, that, that money could go all towards a brand new high school that is not even near and dear to my school. Okay, well, does that really affect me? No, but I get it. It's good for the entire city or whatever. Good for the whole. Yeah, but if there was a, a lottery ticket that was so specific, right, that kind of got me there, I'd be buying that lottery ticket. I'd be like, yeah, guys, I want my money going right here. Now, here's the problem is, is that if you're in certain areas... I was just telling you, let's say that, you know, do you know. think that many people in Phoenix Metro, and I get you're an anomaly because you actually do enjoy off-roading, camping, et cetera, but do you think the majority of people in New York City or Phoenix or LA, these big cities, give a rat's ass about the Arizona wild and fishery, wildlife and fishery, right? I actually do think in Arizona it's not a problem, but maybe... But do do some, you get my point that I'm saying? Yeah. So I think I, what I'm afraid of is, yes, maybe in the suburbs... A little bit, but or in you know these little remote towns that Arizona has specifically, maybe they would get a little bit more. But the real, the bulk of the money in Arizona is in Phoenix, and that's what I'm a little afraid of. Is I think in this little segmented lottery that this utopian lottery, if you will, that's what kind of worries me is that these programs that are still important, they don't get the actual love. Yeah, but you don't. Okay, so right now I buy no lottery tickets. Right. Let's say zero. Oh, so what you're saying is this would actually yes. promote you to buy lottery tickets. Yes. 
So I think everybody oh, that's not participating. So I misinterpreted your. Oh wow! So you think this would actually up the revenue numbers overall? Oh boom! Yeah. Oh yeah. I think it would be an easy way to feel almost charitable, which is interesting to say. But I think I think you would get a hundred. This is almost like a fifty-fifty raffle. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think this is like a hundred percent participation by the population. I think. I think everybody that's not already you know participating what? would participate because they know their money's going towards a cause that they 100% believe in and they just don't have to wrap money to it. You, you know want to wrap money to things. You know what's so funny, man, is um, I'm sure you came across in, in your research as far as they are always looking. I mean, just they're just like any other entity. They're always looking to grow. They're always looking for more revenue. They're always looking for the next best thing, you know, whether it's um, the electronic, you know, video VLTs, video lottery tickets or something like that. You know, they're always trying to innovate this industry as far as to get it more revenue, more yeah. dollars. Yeah. So it's one of those things where what I really found interesting is, or could find interesting about this, this potential state that you're trying to propose is if uh, it's big if, but if you do think that this would actually promote people to buy lottery tickets, it, it's almost, I'm almost equating it to, I'm sure whenever you're shopping, if you get to round up to the nearest dollar to donate the 82 cents to the boys and girls club yes, or to boy scouts or whatever. I almost always scouts. do it. I just do it. I don't think I've ever not done it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's easy, and it's so like, like they feel you almost feel pressured to do it, so just do it. Exactly, exactly. So that's interesting, man. The more I think, I didn't realize that that was your whole campaign as far as you thought that this would actually increase the overall, maybe not to individual. The pie increases in my situation. Hmm. Not only does it get more slices, like there's going to be a lot more slices in my pie, but there's also going to be a much larger pie. So if, and it's weird, I, I'm almost like, Let's not go try to go crazy, but I'm thinking like, and I and, and I think some school districts already do this. I know I always try to. I think it's five hundred dollars I give to Bash at High School uh, specifically to the wrestling team. Yep. Right. So I I you have, do every year every year. So I have to do like a little tiny like write off thing. But no, I get it's not like I'm like donating money really because it's you a get tax, the tax credit. credit. I yeah. get a tax credit, so it's not like it's a hundred percent feel good type situation. But I probably would buy maybe like another two hundred and fifty dollars in lottery tickets. For that specific cause. I mean, hell, think about every time you go to the grocery store. You go to the grocery store every day. Yeah. And if they had an option right then and there, I'll buy another lottery ticket. Two dollars. Yeah. Four dollars. For this specific cause. Yes. Like, yeah. And man, dude, I think you could get a lot of participation because you almost feel like every time you're doing it, you're like, hey, guess what? If I lose my two dollars, I don't give any care because I know I'm helping out a cause that I already believe in. Right now, people don't buy lottery tickets for that reason. Why not make it a situation like that? And every single group that wants to have this whole 50-50 raffle situation, make it easily. Like, here's my number. Here, here's the, Scan this little barcode. Like I scanned into the gym. That, that's an interesting. I don't hate it, man. What do I you really think about don't. that? Like you could even divvy it up. Like, hey, I'm going to give. Uh, these are my four lotteries that I want to participate in every year. These are four I care about. I care about veterans affairs. I care about health and wellness. I care about my high school athletic program. And I care about maybe my uh, uh, alma mater. Or whatever it is. Yeah. I like it, man. I, I think that's that's the best solution um, that I think you could reasonably come to. Yeah. That's the best solution. Well, man. I wonder, uh, why, I wonder why they didn't do it. I wonder why no one does it. Do you think there's any disadvantages to it? Yeah. I think, I think from a staffing standpoint to actually – because what Maybe. would really kill it is let's say some reporter actually digs in a little bit, some investigative reporter, and like, oh, shoot. Basha wrestling program isn't getting that money. Despite, you know, 120 million in revenue, they got $120 or something like that. You imagine that, if that much money so came think about, to one program though? Exactly. What if they got that much money? They would they would be the they would be the Iowa of of, of high school wrestling. $120 million? I don't think a high school should get that much money for one, but that would be weird if they could promote themselves. Right, and, and I'm using an absurd amount of money, but it's one of those things where Think about the infrastructure from a human capital standpoint that would truly need to be put in place to ensure that that money gets allocated appropriately. And then let's say, how the hell do we know that the the wrestling program, you mean to tell me you're the principal of Basha, and all of a sudden the wrestling program gets some absurd amount of money to where your teachers are now bitching about it. Like, oh, well, I'm using textbooks that are 15 years old. Yeah, but you see, you see the you see the problem that you kind of put them in. Well, I don't know if I'm. Well, I'm not really putting them in a problem, and this is the problem with our. And we we need to do one on the public schools. We'll, we'll add that to the list. Public okay. school system in general. How do you fi- how to fix it? Because I think a lot of people think there's a problem there. Um, but to your to your point, and we're going to finish up here. I think in a minute or two. But if I if let's just say we were, and I think everybody kind of understands now. We both went to Basha High School. 
Yes. Okay. Um, and so, <laughs> it, yeah. So we both went there for everybody listening. Um, and say I'm giving a certain amount of money, and let's say for whatever reason that program puts out a bunch of people that have a good amount of money. Like, like let's just say that they're like, hey, for whatever reason, the the Basha High School Choir Club. You know, there was a, a hundred uh, alumni in that group over the ten years, or like whatever. The endowment? It is. Are you talking about like almost? No, no. no. Oh, it's kind of weird, uh, kind of. But yeah, just, that's what I'm saying. Like every t- every year, they have ten choir members, and over ten year span, they have a hundred people in that group that can say, "I am a choir Basha alumni." Got it. And for whatever reason, every one of them are millionaires, and so they say, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy, I don't know, ten thousand dollars in lottery tickets every year." So you have a hundred people buying ten thousand dollars. They have an absurd amount of money coming in just for the choir club. Now they don't need all that money, but they can probably get really good at choir. Now what, what happens there is that some people get jealous to your point. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. It would make sense. More problems. Right. So now you have like, say the social studies or the English group or whoever it is at that high school. And we're talking so low level here at a high school level. I get it, but this is how it would kind of work. They would get jealous, but wouldn't it also make them want to get better and connect with their alumni and connect with their peers and whatever it may be. Now you're getting a little bit of competition. So the choir club now is competing for the drama club. Because guess what? Those students were in the same class. So now they're going to be like, hey guys, you were in drama class too. Why aren't you guys donating any money here? So now you're kind of competing for people's dollar that were alumni. You're making sure that your teachers are the best. You're doing really cool things with your students. And now you're getting a, a, a school... Uh, of teachers and and officials, whoever uh, I guess administration, that's kind of competing for future stuff. And we're talking high school level. This could matter for anything. Game and fish. And and, and I get that, man. Yeah. My thing is, and and why I'm a little apprehensive to fully jump on board is because realistically speaking, from a number, from a sheer probability, it is very difficult for to to imagine ten members all become millionaires over ten years. We got a hundred millionaires, right, from the choir club. Yeah. From a sheer number standpoint, who produces the most athletes from a team standpoint? Who is the biggest team in any high school in America? It's a football team. Exactly. So you're going to get higher probability there. And that's why. But you need more money there too, right? More amount of athletes. They do. They do. And all I think you do is because because the football team already requires more money that's given to them from the the, um, athletic director, I guess, is probably who to allocate that. I think all you do is kind of. Bump it, up the numbers. What, what I think you do is just probably hire the amount of people that get really pissed off, like, "Oh, the new football team got new X Y Z again." Yeah, it's like, well, if you guys All donate more money, yeah. So I, I don't know, man. I, I see where your head's at and heart's at, and I love it, but I, I'm just worried about. You know, it's funny. There's a difference between in theory and in practice. You know, what'd be funny is we should research the clubs and sports at the high school level that generate the most amount of millionaires. I don't know if it's football players. I bet you it's something weird. Clubs? I would say probably the debate team probably does really well. I think the debate team, and I also think the... Because um, I think the debate team would be sales. Well, I think that, but I think you might get a lot of like business management professional. But dude, we know the millionaires. It's teachers. That is true. It's accounting professionals. That is true. It's management folks. None of those people sound like football players to me. Yeah, we're all oh, just engineers. Like, oh, I'm we're sorry. All, we're, all, we're all just a bunch of dumbasses. I'm sorry, engineers. <laughs> so unless you're going big leagues, I'm not talking about the NFL players by any stretch of imagination. I, I wasn't saying that, but yeah. I was just talking about from a sheer number standpoint. Yeah, 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 it's true. You're going to get a lot of alumni money from that team, but yeah. there could be some big donors in certain groups. There could be. Okay, guys, wrong. let's start closing this up. Um, hopefully, you guys stay along for the ride here, uh, talking about the lottery and the how the allocation works and all this stuff, like. It's a little bit more difficult than going to spend a dollar. Like it is. I it's not that, as easy as the quick pick six. No, <laughs> not even close. So if you guys are playing like the Mega Millions or the Powerball or just a, a scratcher ticket, maybe next time look into where that money's going. Uh, you know, if you're whether you live in North Carolina, Montana, or Arizona, right? Where's that money going towards? Is there a way maybe you can buy a ticket that goes somewhere specific? Like I was recommending, that'd be a really cool way to maybe help out your specific community. Maybe you care about um, your water and your well systems in your local area. Maybe you care about farming and, and that kind of stuff. Maybe there's a way you can start kind of advocating for that in your local market. I'm all for that. I think you should be able to kind of put your money where you have some true beliefs in. It sounds like I convinced Jared today a little bit. Um, a little bit. And, and so, cool idea. 
let's see if we can get it maybe out there and, and maybe it'll start kind of gaining some steam. Put your money where your mouth is kind of thing almost, right? Yeah. Guys, uh, as always, Cody and I, we love inter- engaging and interacting with our fan base. Um, please give us a follow at Six Pack Discussions on Instagram. Uh, we love getting your ideas. We And him and I, we've made a few mistakes to where we've had some engaging conversations with our listeners as far as, you know, maybe we're a little off track. So please, guys, um, we want your opinions heard. We would love future um, topics to talk about and discuss a little bit. And that makes, you know, Cody and I a little bit better and hopefully just kind of evolves everyone's uh, entire thought process. So. Guys, thanks again for listening. I appreciate you and uh, have a great week. See you guys. Bye.